are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker, that is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings, happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show podcast here on Westwood One, returning after a week of vacation. Powered by CRTV, I am Steve Days. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. Gentlemen, hopefully you had a great week. Are you ready to go? Fired up? Refreshed? Absolutely. Good yes. day to start, too. Yes. Indeed it is. I know, Aaron, you had some work to do to refurbish the new studio and a new setup and something new that we're going to be announcing later this week we're excited about. But you did get some time away, right? Some time to I vacay. I did. I ran a 5K. Uh, I said vacay. I, yeah, I ran a 5K. <laughs> I spent a lot of time with my nephew, James, caught a fish with him, taught him how to throw a rock from one state to another, watched (laughs) uh, Uncle Steve bail some hay. It was a good good couple of days that I uh, got to spend with family. Good Midwestern time had by all. What about you, Todd? How much soccer did you poison yourself with? Uh, well, I watched a little soccer this uh, last weekend. Uh, Is it both, over yet? Both my family and the World Cup. No, the final. Okay, I'll, I'll speak in basketball terms just to draw you. The final four is happening within the next two days, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, both Didn't at you one call o'clock. The Hundred Years War. Uh, so my my um, my uh, attention span to whatever you're talking about tomorrow. It might be a little off because I'll be thinking of what uh, Belgium and France is doing. I might have Aaron giving me hand signals about what's going on in the game or updates. Can he? Is he allowed to announce updates over the the show live? <laughs> no, that's a funny joke, man. <laughs> yeah, you came back from vacation with a sense of humor. I see. Uh, right, trying. Did you just say you were interested in what's happening in Belgium? I am. Belgium's a cool team. They got this guy named Lukaku. You'd like him. The only thing I'm interested Lukaku, coming out huh? of Belgium yeah. is some beers that happen to be gluten free. They have gluten free beer. They have gluten. Some Belgian brews. They taste like actual beer, and they're gluten free. What That's brings people only. on the show down more? Talking about lack of gluten or soccer? Wait, soccer. We're just racing yes. to the bottom soccer. in our first. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we just wrapped up production for today's CRTV show. Um, give us a little preview of what's coming for the audience when they go to CRTV.com today. Todd, go ahead. Well, it's um, whatever. This is probably one of the most uh, anticipated uh, evenings of the uh, Trump presidency. He's going to announce tonight's uh, at what? At nine o'clock Eastern. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. Nine o'clock Eastern. Who his uh, nominee will be for the uh, Supreme Court. And uh, we spent a lot of time, uh, you know, we, we, we don't want to get into Trump's head on just about anything, um, but we're still we try to connect some dots or decide are there any dots to connect. Maybe that's a better way of putting it on on what he uh, should do versus uh, what he will do. Aaron, yeah, there's there's really. Um Again, not trying to get into Trump's head too much, but there's really only one choice quite left that would accomplish and check off every box that we think Trump needs just because of who he is and the type of person that he is. And you and Bob had a nice deep discussion about uh, about what those boxes are as it pertains to what Trump is looking for. Yeah, when I look to tonight... And you go to CRTV.com today, you'll get more of the explanation why. But the other three guys are all the same candidate to some varying degree. Kethledge, Hardiman, Kavanaugh, they're all the same candidate. Um, And you know that because the left is ignoring them equally as much. I mean, one of the things that I was fascinated by on vacation was watching the, the way the mainstream media covered these choices there was dignified respectful at times even glowing coverage of those three white males barrett was covered like a rash like a newly discovered disease something that needed to be studied something needed to be poked prodded investigated well that's always that's a tell that, that should give you a tell right there about i mean the system you know, real game recognize game real recognize real as the kids say today the system recognizes the system Now, when I say that, I'm not disputing with you that those three judges would be better than Hillary. 
And if you're still arguing about that two years in, get a life, let alone a soul. You beat her. She's irrelevant. You don't want better than cancer. You want the cure. When you go to the hospital, you don't tell the doctor, hey, will you treat me with better than cancer? What do you ask for, Todd, when you go to a hospital? Healing. You want the yeah, cure. All the way. How do, I, how do I get healed? We're looking for healing here. And what the system is telling you is they don't believe, and they could be wrong, by the way, when push comes to shove, they could be wrong. No one believed in 1988 Anthony Kennedy would be the judge he turned out to be for the next 30 years. No one believed this. So you never know. Could be wrong. Why would you risk being wrong, though? Would you like to be wrong? Why risk being wrong about a, a lifelong appointment when you don't have to be? That's the part I don't understand. I, they could be wrong. System, The system could just be saying, well, you know, we're going to hedge our bets here. We think she's the, clearly, obviously the most dangerous. So let's pump up the other three and see if Trump will get to pick them because we think she's a zero percenter. They might at least be a 10, 20, 30 percenter. So we're saying there's a chance. That could be true, right? That could be true. Could also be true that there's a 75, 80% chance they're going to squeal when time comes. Could be true too. I don't know about you guys. Want to wait around for a few years to find out? Do you want to wait around, Todd? Do you want to do that? Mm, yeah. How many babies do you think we'll kill in the interim waiting to find out? How about we just go with what we know, right? Why, why not just go with what you know? We were talking about this a little bit before. Uh, we in this room, and when Bob was here, and a lot of our listeners, go. I like the way you put it, go with what we know. It, this seems to fall under the heading of self-evident. Yeah. And or one plus one equals two. But that Donald Trump, for good or for ill, and often both and perhaps both at the same time, but he... I, I think we could be in the room talking with him about this or his most trusted advisor and explaining the math to him, but he always, by definition, thinks he's bigger than the situation or the environment, and he won't be defined by the obvious. He conquers the obvious. I just think that's who he is. And he, 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 even when he fails at doing it, he, he just keeps plowing ahead because he's just, there's another battle to fight and I'll take that scalp. I just, I, I it's, it is so obvious, but there's nothing about Donald Trump that... There's no political gain in the other three choices. Yeah, I know. They 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 may turn out to fulfill his base's promise. We don't know. And what do I mean by no political gain? What I mean is everybody that was going to defend that choice as the hostess with the mostest and the greatest thing ever was is already going to do that. Everybody that was already going to say they're the worst people ever was already going to do that. Republicans right now, and Trump included, they need to close an energy gap. Now, it's not as wide as it was in January by any stretch, and the Democrats have done a good job of making that the case. Because, Todd, our motto this year for the campaign is what? The one who is dumbest last loses. And they have been dumb, they've been dumb last a lot the last six months. They are going out of their way to be dumb last daily. Okay, whether they're ripping MAGA hats off of kids at fast food joints, on camera and everything, they're trying. And so you got to, what started out in the year like a 20 point energy gap is now like a seven point energy gap. Still, that's substantial, by the way. But it's nowhere near as overcomable as it looked at the start of this year. But you're also running out of time. You're running out of, you're running out of instances that you can offensively, when I mean offensively, you go on offense to create. You're running out of opportunities if you're the Republicans to create. Op, where you control your own destiny, right? And here you were handed a gift. Yes. You don't have to create anything. The Democrats yes. said under Diane Feinstein, "Here, yes. would we? Know, would she be this if not yes. for that?" I mean, I the, I saw a very respected poll over the weekend that had a thirty-point gender gap among Republican approval of President Trump yeah. between Republican men and Republican women. And I'll I'll, I'll tell you this: I can't divulge, divulge any specifics. I have seen high-dollar proprietary polling of one prominent Republican in elected office. And I'm telling you that that gender gap, the big money, when I say proprietary, I mean the big money stuff. It's, it's incredible how wide it is. Incredible. So then why wouldn't you want four months leading up to the election of the other side taking an attractive, intelligent, mother of seven, career mom, and trying to crucify her in public with the nation watching, you don't lose. You don't lose. There's, there's no way, unless there's a skeleton in her closet, we don't know. Beyond that, and I don't know how many skeletons in the closet 
professional moms with seven kids at home that are federal judges have time to rack up. Okay, there's only 24 hours in a day, man. Okay, but barring that, I don't know what the political loss is there. If they nuke her, you've got a martyr. You can say you tried, and then you can come back to a Hardeman or a Kavanaugh later, and your base will then rally behind them because you tried the bold choice first. If you don't nuke her, man, Trump gets to go all over the country as a champion of women all the way through the midterm elections which has been his number one demographic that he has struggled with. There's, there's no loss here. The other side will be triggered beyond what they'll be triggered by the three white males. They'll go, they will literally become publicly insane, which means you reach a certain point of energy where it, gets, it starts a reverb, and it's a law of div- diminishing returns. As you like to say, you can dial it up to 11, but you can't dial it up to 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. You get past 11, and suddenly there's feedback in the mm-hmm. speaker, and people are like, I can't handle it. I don't want to listen to that. Mm-hmm. That will happen with her. We're going to skip 11. We're going, I mean, we're going to go off the metronome scale with this, what she's going to do if they nominate her, which will then, while they're having a diminishing return of energy because they've gone literally insane, your side is now unified and energized in defending her. And that baby, that's how you close that six or seven point energy gap the rest of the way right there. Now, I'm not saying it's the Republicans only chance. I am confident in this environment. Both sides will come up with all kinds of mistakes they can make to energize the other side's voters right up until the day we vote. But this is one of the few offensive opportunities where Republicans can say, we're the ones, we're the, we're the tail wagging the dog here. We are, we're prodding you. We're not, you're not, we're not waiting for you to, overre- to overreact to something and we pounce and capitalize. No, we put it on you. And we're in control. We're the ones writing the narrative here. We're the Svengali's here pulling the strings. You're reacting to us. It may be their only chance to do that between now and November. But this is the Republican Party we're talking about. And if there is one thing they have mastered for various reasons, it is snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. But we will see tonight at 9 o'clock Eastern. The other thing that happened over the weekend. Oh, that. Yeah, we, I came in on Friday on vacation and uh, did a hit on uh, HLN. Now, normally I would say no because I was on vacation. But the opportunity was what's become next to the life issue, and they're often tied together, the driving, the issue that has driven my career more than any other, and that's the role of the courts and the rule of law. And I was asked to join a panel on HLN to discuss whether the Supreme Court has too much power. We're not going to play that clip again. We played it today on CRTV. I've got it posted on my Facebook wall. It's gone viral. I don't, I, I mean, kind of hard not to watch it. Numerous media outlets have written about it. So you kind of have to go out of your way not to have seen it. And I don't blame you if you have, because I don't consume a lot of cable news either, because I don't think most of it is worthy of consuming. I was, I was brought on with CNN's digital editor, whom I've never heard of, Um. And a guy that uh, I did look him up before I was on, Dean Obadila, I think is his name. Um, and all I saw was that he was a progressive host on Sirius XM. Um, now, I've learned since that he's a pro-Hamas guy. He identifies as Muslim, which means I don't understand using Sharia law as, a, as an attack in the context that he did. That doesn't make much sense to me, but that's a topic for another day. And it is, it is odd that he would accuse me of wanting to be a part of a movement that creates a Christian Saudi Arabia when he is part of a movement that would have open borders for every Saudi Arabian to come to America if they wanted. I, I don't understand that either. That's a topic for another show anyway, too. But he persisted after I made an earnest attempt for us to have an adult conversation, as I typically will when I go on these shows unless provoked. He persisted in using what, nothing other really than God-hating, anti-Judeo-Christian leftist gibberish. And I'm sitting in the chair, and I know you can't tell probably when you're watching this, because I try to keep a poker face most of the time. But internally, I am, I'm, I'm gauging this, because I'm not going to let this stand. I also have, I also, and this is something I think some of you need to realize. This is not a podcast I'm on where there's going to be a back and forth of 20 minutes. These things are eight minutes if you're lucky. 
there's three panelists and a moderator who's clearly not moderating. So we were, most of the time I'm on here, I don't even get a third opportunity to speak because there's not that much time. So I have to ask myself, can I win this argument? Do I even want to have it? I'm getting angry. And I really don't want to be, I'm sorry I'm human. I don't want to be the straw man they're, they're setting me up to be by losing it on them. And then I remember some, a very wise man once simply said, when in this situation with stiff-necked people who clearly are not interested in listening to the truth or hearing it or having a back and forth, kick the dust off your sandals and move on. And that's what I did. Just told them, hey, I'm not, I didn't come in for this crap. Get somebody else to be your straw man. I ain't the one. And I walked out. That was it. I think... I think we need to have a conversation as a movement about rules of engagement with the other side. So I spent the better part of the last two years here on this show encouraging conservatives to get into evangelism mode, right? We've done that show, guys, many times. Talked about we've got to change hearts and minds. We're not a silent majority anymore. There is a coming demographic apocalypse, but it's not racial or ethnic the way that the left has fantasized. It's actually generational that the next generation is going to end us because they are largely ignorant to slash hostile to who we are as conservatives and what we believe. Do you think that's an exaggeration, Aaron? No, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. So we've got we've got some time, you know, after the 2016 election. I don't think we turn the tide. I think you got a timeout. Like in a basketball game when one side's on a 20 a 10-0 scoring run and your coach will do what to stem their momentum? Call yeah, a timeout. That's exactly the way That's what we just did. All right, and then now, now you've got to get a couple buckets in the next couple possessions, otherwise they'll be right back on the run again. We have done that, actually. Trump deserves credit for that, and I've given it to him. We've actually gotten a couple of buckets. Hasn't always been the play we called in the huddle that led to the scores, but the ball went in the hoop in the end. And, and so they don't quite have the momentum they had, but they're still ahead on the scoreboard. So we're buying ourselves some time. We're at the eight-minute mark of the second half. In a college basketball game, that means it's not crunch time, but you're at the time before crunch time. Like when you're way behind, this is when you're like down by 15, you got to get it under seven or eight. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're down by 10, you got to get it to five. That's where we're at right now. Because there's a big difference being down by 12 points with eight minutes to go in a game and being down by 12 points with eight seconds to go in a game, right? Right. Right now, we're down by eight to 12 points with eight minutes to go in the game. If we don't get some baskets and some stops on the defensive side and some baskets on the offensive end, we'll be down by 12 to 15 points at the four-minute minute timeout, and what are our odds of coming back then? Not great. We're out of time. More than likely. And that's kind of where I think we're at now. Do you guys think that's fair so far? I, absolutely. More than fair. That's exactly right. Okay. So I want us to be in evangelism mode. Now I think, though, in light of the behavior we are seeing from the alt-left, the violence, the, the, the venom, the stuff that we have, that we have seen in comments sections and, and message board forums is now becoming mainstream talk on the left, like Christian Sharia law. You want a Christian Saudi Arabia? I think now we need to have some rules of engagement. Because the same Lord that gave you a great commission to go to the ends of the earth also said, and you know what? If they don't listen, move on. Don't don't just sit there and be ignored forever. Move on. You see in the Gospels themselves, Jesus attempts to reach everyone within his reach. When those people put themselves out of reach, not a single time does he urge them to reconsider. Does he chase after them? Not once. Not once when people turn their back on him. So be it. So be it. So I think we need some rules of engagement on the right. If we're going to go in there and have a conversation, it needs to be a conversation. I would not even I would not have even had a problem if Dean would have if Dean would have even claimed what I believe is bad for women. I don't even have a problem with that. I mean, we make, we make the case their policies are bad for families. Don't we make that case? Yeah. 
We make the case their policies are bad for kids in schools and the illiterate. I don't have a problem with that stuff. But there's certain things you can say to people that makes it clear. And then when, when I pushed back on the moderator and he wants to reset it, he wants to own those comments. He's proud of them. That, that tells you this is not an audience that wants to have a serious conversation. This is not someone that wants to have a debate. You're, you're his straw man. You're a setup. You're there to be a foil to set him up for his argument. And while St. Peter commands us to have, re, have ready defense for what we believe, never once in the scriptures are we commanded to be on the defensive. Never once. In fact, we are the church of Jesus Christ. We are the ultimate offensive weapon in the universe. The gates of hell do not prevail. We are a living, breathing, urban renewal program. We're like that commercial on Saturday morning cartoons when I was a kid, when people were concerned about high-fat diets and they wanted a substitute for bacon. Remember sizzling? Oh, Move yes. over bacon. Now there's something meatier. That's what the church is. Move over pagans. Now there's something better. We rode great paganism. We just pave right over the top of it. Hey, you want that to be a Thor tree? Actually, you put the Star of Bethlehem on that thing and sing Christmas carols around it. We own that now. Thanks. We took over. I like them apples. That's how we roll. We are never on the defensive. Our Lord walks out of a tomb encased behind a 2,000-pound rock after they tortured him beyond recognition like a boss the, day, the third day like it never happened in broad freaking daylight. And then he's so chill that a few days later he shows up while his disciples are fishing and he's just casually grilling them up with some breakfast like it's any other day, man. Walk, coming back from the dead. That's swabbing the poop deck, man, from where I come from. That's a nothing burger. You ain't seen nothing yet. We're taking over. So no, we are not called to be on the defensive. Do not mistake my call for dialogue to be a call to be a pinata, a punching bag. We had martyrs in the church, not because they just stood there like and, and, and did it and were compliant, but because they were not. Because they would not comply. No, I will not do what you ask me to do. When Jesus is in the temple and he can clearly, with clarity, confront false teachers and false teaching, he never punts on it. Even to the point of pointing out the people. Hey, I'm talking about those folks. Hey, that guy right there. That guy right there. I'm talking about him right there. In case you were wondering, this wasn't a generic, it's that guy. He's the problem. And his disciples are like, don't do that, man. We're going to get all killed. No, and the guy next to him is like, even worse. Don't listen to those guys. Total clowns. In broad freaking daylight, man. To their face. To their face. But we went to Herod's palace where the God haters hung out at their orgies and their parties, and they just wanted the show, do something to show us you're the Messiah. What does he do then? Nothing. Because they're not worth him exerting himself for. Because they don't, they don't want substance. They don't want the truth. They want the show. In these formats where it's very difficult to come back from these sorts of arguments in less than two minutes. And I may not be Ben Shapiro, but I think I'm pretty good at this. That's why I keep getting paid to do it. The average person, I, I'm the argument he was making about Christian Sharia law would it be a challenge for me to unpack that in two minutes. Let alone the average person. And the average person thinks that's so out of the mainstream, they wouldn't even know how if you gave them 20 minutes, because how do you argue against unicorns? How do I argue against jackalopes? How do I argue against Count Dracula? How do you argue against things that don't exist? That's the point of this argument. That's the point of it. See, Dean Obadila, or whatever his name is, I'm not getting his name wrong on purpose. I don't know what it is. I think that's right. He's Sanballat and Tobiah. Sanballat and Tobiah will always show up when Nehemiah is, is there rebuilding the wall. And they will try, they will say, come down, let us have a conversation. They don't want a conversation. They want to stop you from doing the Lord's work. That's what they want. 
And they will do so by either bogging you down in minutia, to which there is no answer for, because they don't want an answer. They just want to oppose you. Or, they'll distract you, harm you. And you can tell when I pushed back on what he said, that he was not willing to take it back on any level and say, you know what, you're right, this isn't the time and place for it. I still disagree with you though and here's why. That's not what he did. No, he wanted the conversation to be about a Christian Saudi Arabia and a Christian Sharia law. You know what, I'm, my, and so my answer to him was the same answer Nehemiah gave Sam Ballin and Tobiah. You'll do this one on your own. I'm not having this fight. Because it's not a fight, it's a fake fight. I know some of you were like, why didn't you stand there and fight? I, I, there wasn't time for this fight, and it wasn't a fight. You don't, you don't fight a fire with lighter fluid. See, the other side wants the deconstruction. They want Molotov cocktails thrown back and forth because they're iconoclasts who hate what America was founded on. They want it torn down regardless if it does the tear down. They're okay with it. They're totally okay with it. In fact, they kind of love it when we help them tear it down because then they get to blame the whole thing on us and say, see, that's why we need to do it our way instead. A few years ago, I had a family member who was unhappy with me. Total misunderstanding. And I hadn't talked to him in about a year. And he called me up on Thanksgiving Day and just started lobbing multiple F-bombs and cussing me out, screaming on the phone. And he's a few years younger than me, about five, six years younger than me. And I listened to this for about 20 seconds, and then I did this. Young man... You will never talk to me like that ever again. And I just hung up the phone. A few minutes went by. He calls back. I answer the phone. Same thing, except now it's louder, more profane, more vulgar. Young man! He gets silent. You will never talk to me like that again. I hung up the phone. Showed up for Thanksgiving dinner about two hours later. Couldn't have been more on his best behavior. Why? Because I'm just not having it. Period. I've been honest about my abusive stepdad, Dave, growing up. My Nana Myrna, God rest her soul, she passed away about 10 years ago. Chain-smoking grandmother, who lived on pinwheels. I'm not making this up, man. She lived on pinwheels and cookies and coffee and palm malls. And she was 70 pounds when soaking wet. Man, when, when Dave walked into her home, she wasn't having it. Dave started raising his voice to me or my mom... Myrna be stepping in like, uh, no, he didn't. Uh, I'm sorry. Don't make me put my palm all down. You went to Nana's house. You came correct. And she weighed 70 pounds. Maybe. And she didn't drive my entire life. She was scared to death of it. Okay? But there was a respect she demanded. If you're going to be in her home. I've been having some problems with my, with my son in the last couple of weeks because he's getting to be 12. So we know what that means. Testosterone's coming in. And he's kind of like, well, maybe I kind of want to do things my way now. And I'm not always handling that real well. <laughs> <laughs> so those moments when, when the girls were 11, 12, and Zoe's at that age now, 13, with Anna, who has my personality. She can only imagine what it was like with her at that age with my personality. And she's like saying, oh, maybe I kind of want to be the queen around here. And I had to referee and step in a lot of those situations. And I used to tell Amy back in those days, hey, man, when Noah gets to be that age, we're going to totally switch positions. Uh, we've been doing it the last couple of weeks. Okay. And 
we were doing some we were out playing doing some football drills on Saturday. And I didn't like the effort he was coming to say, hey, you gotta do a lot better than that. You do that at practice, man. Your your teammates are gonna laugh at you for that. You can't do that in front of other boys. And he got ticked and he grabbed the ball. He's three feet from me and he threw it at me as hard as he could. Now, you know, it wasn't really hard, but for him that was pretty hard. And I was I I could not believe he challenged me on that level. And I went right back at him. Okay. And then I realized, whoa, I can't do that. I cut it short. I said, you're going to walk home and cool off. I'm going to go run four miles at the gym and cool off. And when I get home, we're going to talk about why that can't ever happen again. Can't. Because if you're losing your temper like that on me and I'm three times your size, what will you do on your sisters if you lose your temper with them that you're not physically intimidated by? And I can't, I got to be responsible for my own actions. I can't let you get under my skin to the point that maybe I put you on your rear end and end up regretting it years later. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to walk home from the park and cool off. I'm going to run some, la- some a few miles at the gym and cool off. And we'll meet together in about 90 minutes and f- figure out how we're going to proceed from here. And as I sit there on that elliptical running uphill for that, for that 45 minutes or so, the thing I just kept, as I was just sitting there thinking it over, praying it over, I just keep, kept hearing over and over again. You are, you have, Stephen, you are mistaking losing your temper for discipline. I kept hearing that over and over again. I got home, set him down, and I had Amy there too to back me up as mom. And I, I kept this tone of voice the entire time. And I told him what was up. And I just simply said, I, I apologize for losing my temper. I can't let that happen. But I will not allow him to become disrespectful and disobedient. So in the future, when this happens, I'm not just going to sit there, let it go, let it go, let it go, then lose my temper after I've let it go too many times. I'm going to deal with it right away. And I'm going to punish you right away. And you're not going to like me for it. But you'll thank me for it a few years from now. And that's how it's going to roll. And if you want to test me on this, You'll lose. That was it. He tried testing me on it. He lost. It's amazing how much better we've gotten along again the last few days. It's like he's a little boy again who can't get enough of hanging out with his old man. And all I needed to do was reassert the rules of engagement. What is the order of things? What's permitted and what's not? Same thing I had to do with this family member a few Thanksgivings ago. See, clearly somewhere along the line, I had let him believe he could talk to me like this. I then therefore had to let him understand that, no, he cannot. And it will not be tolerated. Period. And as I went through those situations with this family member and my son this weekend, I started thinking more about what happened on HLN. And I think that's what we need to do. We're not, we can't win the teardown argument. I mentioned as, the, as an institution, the church is always on offense. But just as the church, we have to have a ready defense for our beliefs, but not be on the defensive. We are on offense, but we're not offensive either. You know, those distinctions we're drawing here. So let me come back. You can line up your demagoguery. I'll come back with mine. That's pro wrestling. That's deconstruction of a culture. That, that, that is, even if, even if you win that argument, even if you win you win cultural hegemony and influence that way. That's not a culture worthy of presiding over, frankly. You conserve nothing by first destroying it. And you don't put out a fire with lighter fluid. So I think we should consider that when certain phrases are used, certain things are anything, you're a Nazi, Hitler, anything at all accusing you of racism, you just take out the earpiece. We're not going to scream. We're not going to yell. We're going to do our version of, young man, you will not talk to me like that. No. And we're simply not going to participate in that. Because you know what? I think the vast majority of this culture isn't conservative, isn't communist, and they're just sick of all of it. All of it. And I mentioned on the TV show, my mom... I don't think she's, other than like she was proud to see me on Pierce Morgan when he had that show on CNN, other than being generally proud of her son, my mom is to the left of me on a lot of issues. 
not the cultural ones, but all the economic ones, she is a government has to be there for people person. Other than just, I'm generally proud of seeing my son be successful with what he believes in. When she saw me get up and walk out of that studio, that's the first time my Democrat mom, who can't stand Trump and has voted for one Republican for president in her life, Reagan in 80. That's the first time she contacted me after one of my appearances and was not proud of the exposure I was getting or um, that I was there and what it said about her son's career, but of what I did, what I stood for. That was the first time she'll say, yes. I'm tired of this. It's fake. I, nothing gets done. This doesn't represent most of America. I'm just tired of it. And I'm glad somebody just said, enough, we're not doing this anymore. That's what my mom said. I'm glad someone just did that. So many people are just can't stand watching this stuff. She said, I can't hate Trump. I can't watch CNN. They're crazy. That Don Lemon, she tells me, is the worst. She just went on this rant. It's like watching Sean Hannity in reverse. He's guilty of everything he accuses Sean Hannity of, just on the other side of the street. No wonder nobody wants to watch that stuff. See, I actually think the only way to win this game is not to play. Most of America is not playing it. We're getting suckered into playing it. Most of America is not and doesn't care and wouldn't play if asked. Some of the reasons why are bad, like I'm, I got other things to do with my life. Some of them are good, like even if I get involved, most of you are untrustworthy and this is fake anyway. Are they not right about that, Todd? They're exactly They're right. exactly right. See, I think we can win a lot of people over by channeling their angst and frustration. And not by contributing to it, by we're going to out-douche-tastic the left, we're going to out-meme the left? No. We're going to be adults. You know what, man? I, I got kids at home. I'm on vacation. I got a job to get to. I'm not doing this. Do romper room on your own time. I'm out of here. I think there's a lot of Americans, regardless of their ideological persuasion, that are just fed up with the whole thing. Gentlemen, your thoughts? I think that's... I think... There's as much truth to that as as dumbest whoever's dumbest last loses. We got to remember that, those of us, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably more on the politically active or in tune side. Um, we, we have to remember, again, we say America's not Twitter, but we need to actually remember that uh, most of America just wants the american dream i mean that's that, that's something that's um that's i think missing a lot they just want to have a good life people my age they just want to have well a, a lot of them at least that i have run into they just want a decent job and they want enough money to go uh drinking on the weekends that's basically all in most of the people most of the millennials i've run into uh, they just don't really care about the rest. They're burned out on everything. Like you said, the angst is there. Um, so we have to remember that most people just want a decent life. So don't contribute to their uh, distrust of the entire system by either reinforcing uh, what the left is doing, by shoving everybody's noses in it all of the time. Um, but don't also be the, the other side of that coin either. And I think that's what you're saying. Remind yourself, um, somebody said it earlier this morning, Steve, in something that you and I were doing. Uh, remember that there's a human being behind every, uh, every person. And most of the time, those people are fairly simple. Not stupid, but just simple. Simple desires, just want to have a good life. Um, and I think if we remember that, then, um, and remember that and channel that and remember that when we're having conversations with people who are just trying to make us into red herrings and straw men, uh, we will do a lot more good than just perpetuating the same type of dialogue that they have been getting away. They meaning the left have been getting away with now for decades. 
What do you think, Tom? I use the term, you, you have to fight. In this specific instance, this is what fighting looked like. I think you know by now Steve is pretty good at thinking on his feet. Uh, what Steve did here was he went up to the line of scrimmage and he saw linebackers blitzing and he called an audible. <laughs> and it's it was the right and and he's thinking, you know, coach this plane got to work. This, we want to run the ball between the tackles. I got nine yeah. guys up here. We can't block them all. You got and you have if it was it, things could have easily been different had it just been Steve and this guy. But it was also the other gal, and it it it, uh, it was just going to bounce around instead of a back and forth. Uh, if a back and forth was attempted, listen, I, Steve's supremely confident. I'm confident in these situations. I've been in before in a uh, a setting of a board I was on. Excuse me. I came in. I knew I was in the minority. I had it in writing that these guys were all doing something they weren't supposed to be doing but they knew so every time i tried to talk it was just five people talking over me i mean it didn't i knew i was they i knew i was right as i was talking to them but you couldn't get anywhere there it was going to be hard for steve to do anything but ultimately turn the thing into people hate even though he was saying something that was right where just multiple people are talking at the same time and that's not a it's not a winnable fight even when you're right. Now, there's other moments where the same topic could come up, and Steve's done this too, where Steve's dropped the line, got it in, that changed the whole thing, got in the last word. It's you have so you have got to be good on your feet and you've got to be able to seize moments and you've got to be smart enough when to call a broken arrow. And that's what this thing just was. Uh and hopefully it's a lesson to people uh about uh under what terms perhaps to accept things these things now steve has been on with her before uh and mm-hmm. i'm not i don't want to talk out of turn steve but you heard back from her uh, i did i'm glad you mentioned that because i had forgotten to mention it before she did uh, send me a note didn't apologize said she regretted how the conversation devolved and she that she allowed it to happen well, and wants hopes that i would come back in the future and I bring her up uh, because the cl- the closest you got to a version of young man actually didn't have to do with him. It had to do I with her. her. You said, yeah. why? Basically, I'm paraphrasing, but you said, why aren't you doing your job? Yes. That cannot stand. Yeah. If and 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 rightly so. So something that's so clearly done for nothing but empty rhetorical flourish to gain points amongst the emotionally like I weak. I don't mind the other. T- I, I don't. I'm not mad. The other team's defensive back tackled me before I could catch the ball, and, and so to, to commit pass interference. I'm not mad at him for that. I'm mad when the referee stood right there, right. watched him tackle me with the ball still in the air, and and walked away and didn't throw his flag. Right. That's his job. Right. Pardon me. That was my computer. That's his job. All right. And that's her job. And I, I think, I, I think, and one of the reasons you saw me sit there and say nothing for several minutes and look expressionless is because and you, you guys were, do- been, you guys you were been, doing the math. I was doing the math in my head. Yeah. I was, pl- I was playing a choose your own adventure book. Yeah. I was like, hey, two or three things could happen here. Yeah. What are the outcomes of these two or three things? That's what I was doing in my head. And what I really wanted to convey to her, I, my, now I was not game planning walking out. I was game planning, that was just my reaction. When I realized that any of the three options I was contemplating were simply not going to change this conversation, right. that's when I walked out. Right. Like I wasn't sitting there thinking, boy, I could walk out and create this viral moment. I wasn't thinking that. Right. I was thinking, you know, how do I answer his comment? How do right. I not let this go? Do I have time? How much time is left? Right. And then I realized, why is she permitting this? Yeah. And and my guess and and I thought I literally thought in my head these people are so not used to us saying that's not permitted we're not going to play by those rules they're so used to us just you go there I'll go there that's why I said to him okay you go you call me this I'll call you a cultural Marxist and here we go you get your show that's what they're used to and I think it's them we need to push back on and we need to say are you a professional are you going to do your job or not. Because if you're not, then you're just like Dean. And let's stop lying to each other here. You're a biased outlet. You're here to promote a particular viewpoint by any means necessary. And so therefore, there's no point in me returning your calls and messages ever again. Because I wouldn't return a call from Mother Jones or Al Jazeera America or Russia Today. They've all invited me in the years past, too. I've never said yes to any of those because there's no point talking to them. So this is up to you. 
Are you one of him or are you something that's supposedly a professional in this industry? If you are, call a, call a foul. I can't call my own fouls. You're letting this guy mug me every time I go to the basket. And then what happens if I respond, you'll throw a technical foul on me. You blow the right. whistle. You do your job. And if you're not, then there's just no, then this is Munich, the 72 Munich games. There's no point. The, the fix is in. There's no point showing up. And maybe that's what the conclusion will come to. But see, I think as conservatives, we've made a mistake by preemptively coming to that conclusion when I think there's value, much more value for us in forcing them to admit it. Having watched, and I just, I just got several Google alerts while we were doing this podcast, more and more coverage of this moment. See, I don't believe anything I'm capable of, and frankly, I'm capable of quite a bit in the argumentation standpoint. I don't believe anything I'm capable of in responding back to Dean would have generated the amount of ancillary media as me just saying, I'm not playing this game. Oh, I'm, certain of I'm dead certain of it. And, if, and, and when I watch that clip and I see her, she, her stunned reaction, because she recognizes she failed here. See, that's where there's value in, for us as conservatives. When we just preemptively say, well, we can't win. It's set up against us. Don't show up. They get to say, see, they're a bunch of crybabies, right? No. Show up. Roll tape. Well, just like I say to all these Christian bakers and florists, no. Make them arrest you. The Klein should never cut a check to the state of Oregon. Ever. Ever. You think St. Peter would ever cut a check to Rome? No. Hell to the no. Hell to the No. Not for one denarii would he do it. One shekel. No way. I'm not cutting you a check. No. I'm not cutting you a check because it's not right for me to worship Jesus. I'm going to do what I want. Which God called me to do, I'm going to worship God, not men. You do your worst, sir. Because it won't be any worse than the hell that I risk by doing your bidding and not God's. See, that's our answer. I think we need to do that version of it. Tell you what, roll tape. Let's let America see what a bunch of freaking hacks you guys are. Because even my Democrat mom got up off the couch and said, gosh, I'm so glad somebody did that. I hate this crap. I just get tired of the fake. The back and forth doesn't, doesn't speak to most Americans' concerns. Somebody just finally said enough. Thank you. That's your win. They want dueling crazies with their bring out your dead placards, ringing the bell in the town square, one with the R and one with the D and one with a blue and one with the red. That's what they want. They're going to win the crazy train every time because they just want to watch the world burn. That's what they want. You're not going to beat the Joker by getting the right people to choose not to blow up the bomb on the other ship. You're going to beat the Joker by proving no one's going to choose to blow up the ship. We're, we're not, we're not playing that game. You're playing it all by yourself yeah. over here. We're not, the adults are in this room. You're in the padded one. We don't do that here. We're adults. That's what I think we need to do. Yes. I know we talk about this all the time. You wrote a book about this. This is one chapter in your book, and this is what it looks like live. Never accept the premise of your opponent's yep. argument. This is what it looks like. And folks, I know I, I, a lot of you out there, I'm sure, put it to work in a more of a controlled setting uh, where it's easier to read the rules of engagement. But this is what you have to be prepared for when it's coming fast and you can't always gauge all of the consequences. You do the best you can, but you have to know uh, uh, where your right is, where your wrong is, where your closed hand is and where your open hand. And you have got to be willing to act in moments like this. This yeah, is what I, being sent forth is all about. I wish I could tell you I contrived walking off as a publicity stunt. Uh, don't give me that much credit. I, I simply just did it because all the stuff I tried to contrive in my head when I was being quiet, with all those avenues were shut off. I was frustrated. I was about to lose my temper. I was going to give them the straw man that they wanted. I was going to lose it on them. And that's when I, I I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to give you what you want. I'm not going to do that. And that's why I just ripped the thing off. And Aaron can tell you, he stood there the whole time. But even to that I, I never, point. I'm like, hey, make sure, I'm going to get this. I literally just came to the reason I can't win, so I'm not going to play. And that's when I won. But at other times in recent memory, you have lost your temper because you knew you could win with yes. it. Yes. When they brought me, when one time they brought me on with a guy who tried to, 
pigeonholed me as some kind of deport them all. Well, the Trump gal you did, uh, Kaylee McEnany, Kaylee right? McEnany yeah. was just a flat-out liar. Yeah. Yeah. So I have no problem when there's an opportunity. This wasn't an opportunity for us. This was an opportunity for them. And I think we're going to need to show... See, on some level, the professional journalist class, no matter how much they may hate us or not agree with us or not understand us, has to show some level of professionalism to be taken seriously. We often don't force that on them because we often just respond with our own version of the venom that the left has. But when you're willing to be the adult in the room and say, you need to be the referee, you need to do those things. And they don't. That, that devastates their character and brand and integrity far more than any memes on Reddit do. Far more. And I think that's, that's the tactic we should embrace going forward as conservatives. If you go certain places, if you permit certain things, this is clearly not a fair game. And, I'm, and we will not participate. And we'll just leave you there holding the bag. Well then, Steve, there won't be any conservative. You know what then? I guess, uh, well, then I guess now we know why CNN's entire primetime lineup has fewer viewers than uh, Real Housewives of Orange County. And then, well, sooner or later, it'll be, they'll have fewer viewers than Real Housewives of freaking Hazard County. So what? That's their problem. So now we want CNN to have more viewers. Which is it? Now, some of you are just frustrated, and I get it. And some of you have been taking this from the other side for so long, you just want someone to stand there and, re- and just return venom for venom. I am the last person to not sympathize with you. <laughs> All right. The, the, I'm, you wanted, uh, one of my friends said, uh, texted me over the weekend and he said, I'm actually kind of torn on what you did because I know you can give as, as good as you get. Do you have any second thoughts at all? He goes, and I said to him, I said, you know what? What I did is so outside of my own nature that the fact I have no, I've had no second thoughts about it at all because it's not my default setting to do that. It is not. I just told you I struggled to do this with my own kid over the weekend. The fact I did this and I have zero doubt it was the right thing to do when it goes against my natural instinct, that tells me that's how we need to play this. We need to play this by his rules, not theirs. And we are simply, there's certain things we're not going to defend to yourself. You're not Hitler. Let me tell you what happens when the average American sees one person on a panel calling you Hitler, you yelling back, attempting to define that you're not. What do you think the average person sees there? Noise. Noise. See, the average person knows you're not Hitler, okay? The average person knows we're not Nazis. The average person knows this. Oh, no, that's all I hear from the media. Guys, right now there are fewer elected Democrats nationwide than at any time since before the Great Depression. I'm pretty sure the argument we're Nazis and we're Hitlers and we're racist and we're xenophobic homophobes has already worked on everybody it's going to work on. You know what I'm saying? If those arguments were undefeatable, then wouldn't there be more Democrats in elected office right now across the country? Hell yeah, there would be. Would Donald Trump be president today? Hell no, he wouldn't be. See, I, I, think, I, think, I think the growing sentiment as the country is we just have an adult life to live. We got bills to pay and kids to raise and just don't have time for this. I think that's where there's growth potential is identifying with them. And just simply saying, your children, you will not talk to me like that. And if you can't avoid talking to me like that, then you're not invited to Thanksgiving. Don't come. Because you walk into my house, respect will be demanded. Final thoughts. Gentlemen, go ahead. Well, uh, I, I've, exp- I've experienced this uh, in my own life. The terms of engagement uh, are so vital. And you may be the lone voice shouting out in the darkness, but that can make them all the more powerful because you can take a mob that is so used to getting its way and often come to a screeching halt by just doing what Steve talks about, throwing the sabot in the gears that it just never saw coming. S- somebody needs to stand up and be that person. We need to change 
paradigms in this culture. It's another way of saying what Steve says. Don't This game that we've been playing for a long time, it's a loser's game. We talked about it earlier uh, uh, with the courts. Uh, we, all, we, all we bought is a timeout. This culture is not ours. And it's going to take efforts like this within the culture at large and say, your game sucks. I'm not doing it on those terms and just have them start spinning their wheels own so they start needing their own timeouts. This must be done. Aaron? Yeah, we have to start demanding. And this is this is the whole this is the whole gist of of this conversation as I've understand it. We we have to start demanding more of our dialogue. We can't control the way that our opponents talk. What we can start doing is policing our own language and reaction to how they want to have uh, have uh, quote unquote dialogue, which really isn't dialogue. It's just trolling. Um, so I think again that starts with us and just living by our own rules instead of as good as it feels sometimes perpetuating the uh, just the self defeating. Um, way in which we have gotten used to speaking and you did that and i want to add one more thing as well i think it's probably it probably takes more intestinal fortitude to know you're going to have to be called a coward for doing something right falsely accused of being called a coward because the very first steve and i or you walked out of the room steve and uh, just a few seconds later, probably 30 seconds, minute later, I followed you and well, we exchanged a couple of words and literally within like 90 seconds, we had moved on and we were talking about what was next on, on the plate and somebody, somebody, um, contacts the Steve Dace wall, uh, Facebook message and says, uh, what a bleeping, uh, bleep and basically calling you a pansy. It takes more, if you decide to walk out, not just in the way that Steve did, but just to not have conversations where you're going to be made into a straw man, you're going to be called a coward. It's not true, but that's going to be really hard to just sit there and um, take that type of name calling. But you have to be willing to do that because it's a lie. When you're called a coward or snowflake or whatever in those situations, it's a lie. And it takes a lot of, uh, again, intestinal fortitude to do that. Yeah, you know, what's funny, too, is I had to jump on a conference call right after this. Yeah, like literally, literally two minutes later, it's like, well, I got a call with so-and-so. <laughs> and I and that call was like an hour. So it wasn't like until an hour, hour and a half later that I even was able to go online. I remember saying to Aaron, hey, grab that clip, because I, I was not cognizant that it, it was going to you know, blow up like that. And I had to jump on a conference call. It wasn't like well over an hour or so later that I saw all the reaction that this was getting. So again, that was, I just realized that this, the game was rigged and there's no point in playing. And I can see by the reaction it has gotten. I even, I even furthered it the next day. He, this Dean guy tried to engage me again on Twitter and I just said, Dean, radical Islam says to kill other people to please a false God. Radical Christianity says God gives up his life for us, for his favor, which we don't deserve. And I'll pray that God would open up the eyes of your heart to know the difference. And I did. I prayed right there. And then his response back, so you won't denounce Christian Sharia then. That's just, a, again, that showed me again, this is actually the right game to play. This is not this is not my normal basic instinct. But you know what I like more than following my basic instincts? You know what I like even more? Winning. I like winning. And man, if we can win running the ball 40 times, we can win throwing the ball 40 times, I don't care what system we run to win. I like to win. And I can see by the reaction this has gotten. My mama didn't raise no dummy. I can see. When you're getting this reaction from both sides, this is how we win. Yeah. 
We refuse to make them let them make us play their game. Yeah. This is how we win. And when they refuse to be reasonable, not being reasonable, even though they call themselves the people of reason and science, they refuse to be reasonable, and then they count on baiting you into this arena where you think you can try to continue to have a debate. You never can, and th- that echo chamber does never go. In, it never will go in our direction. It, it is. It's incumbent upon those of us of reason to appreciate that for what it is and it's why I say regularly we're at civil war we are two people that cannot overlap anymore in many circumstances and therefore Steve uh, was just part of a circular firing squad he needed to get away and he was right to do so yes these we are part of but it's their civil war I don't think most of America is where these people are I don't think they believe the stuff we believe but I don't think they want to burn the country down over stuff that these people want to burn it down And I think our best chance to preserve the country is actually to isolate these people from the rest of the country. And that gives us the opportunity to then go to the country and sell them when they see us act like the adults in the room. Now, we're not near out here burning the city down. Now, we, I think we have an an audience for an argument. Well, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. D-E-A-C-E is how to spell the last name. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. I'm sure we'll get some great reaction to this. Hey, tomorrow's Pop Culture Tuesday podcast is going to be a blast, man. Do not miss out. Well, we're going to have fun. Hope the rest of you do too. CRTV.com, promo code Dace if you want to subscribe to CRTV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like you.